Yo, what is up? You have found We Like the Blazers. I am Brandon Goldler, all the way in the Southern Hemisphere of New Zealand. And with me, as always, it is the very glassed, the very bearded, the very hooded, and the very capped Ryan Whitledge. Ryan, what's up, man? Not much. How you doing? Well, you know, I, I love uh, I'm doing good. I love when I put on my intro voice, because like every time I do it, I'm like, I take a couple breaths and you just got to come in with that heat and that energy. You know, it's like <laughs> as ridiculous as it sounds, if you were in the room or maybe even to you, the way that it comes across in audio is way different. It's the same thing for video, too. Like, yeah, like the more animated you are, the more gesticulation and you're doing it. And you're like, I look like an idiot octopus. But then you watch it back and you're like, it actually doesn't look that bad. So. Anyway, no, man, I'm good. I'm good. I just, you know, I got done with the run, uh, went to the gym. So um, feeling feeling like I did that, yep. just ate a sandwich. Um, yeah, the store down the street, you know, they'll put like pre-made sandwiches on discount when they're about to expire. <laughs> so I got, I got you're, this You're sandwich. chancing it on like close to expire <laughs> yeah. store meat. <laughs> So basically, yeah, when I got you this, don't uh, hear from Goldner again, he's dead <laughs> due to some expired ham that they were off by a day on. And then he got botulism. Uh, yeah, it was a, a BLT that was three dollars and 14 cents New Zealand, which is like, I don't know, maybe like two dollars and 20 cents United States. Anyway, yeah, dude, he I'm going dysentery in the Oregon Trail to die by botulism in New Zealand. Died by discount sandwich. It was, I don't know, I was hungry. I didn't, I knew we were going to jump on. I didn't want to be late. You know, I'd already pushed it off a day. I mean, you would push it off a day. I pushed eating? it off a few you days before. Oh, I, th- I thought you meant you pushed off eating by a day. And so you just no, had no, to no. fit the sandwich and not the podcast. No, no. <laughs> I didn't eat no, yesterday. I had, to eat. I had to eat today. No, oh. I'm not quite, a, I'm not quite there. Uh, yeah, no, eating is good. I, I enjoy eating. Eating's fun. But I, I needed, it was just like, I don't know. I had like a weird late breakfast and then I needed to eat something before we talk. Anyway, that's enough about me. Ooh, How are you bre- doing? I, you're a breakfast guy? I'm not a breakfast guy. I'm becoming I'm a, breakfast, a breakfast guy. Well, well, I'm a breakfast guy on the weekends. I can't do breakfast during during the work week. It's just like the closest I'll get is like a granola bar for a snack at like eight. So o'clock. then, what do you do? What, I mean, so you wake up at you know two a.m. Uh, so that whatever <laughs> it is. Thirty. Actually, I'm sleeping in it. So I'm I'm sleeping until like four lately. So sleeping <laughs> until four. So what do you? You just don't eat anything. You drink coffee. What do you do? Yeah, about a pot of coffee in the morning, and then at about eight o'clock, I have a granola bar. Then lunch and at eight fifteen, you were on the <laughs> shitter for an hour straight. I'm sure. Nah, uh, nah. A pot of coffee that out in twenty minutes. Oh but then, god. But then, but then, yeah, about eight, eight, eight thirty, maybe I'll have a granola bar, and then eleven o'clock lunch, and then you know, like six o'clock dinner. Okay. Well, that, I mean, that's, you know, I, I'm not a big breakfast guy either. I actually, it's really cool. The University of Otago, which is a university about an hour away from where we're living here in South Island, New Zealand, mm-hmm. they give free nutrition consultations. And I was like, this is great. Like I've been running more. I've been going to the gym more. I've, I've frankly never been so serious about my physical health, which is great. But I was like, my nutrition is not locked in at all. And so I did a consultation. The long story short, they were like, A, you need to eat breakfast, because what the fuck? And then B, you need to eat some carbohydrates at dinner, because te- generally I'll like eat dinner and then I'll like snack a bunch after dinner. Um, we watch Survivor and stuff. 
So anyway, I'm trying to eat breakfast. <clears throat> One more thing to share. Speaking of Survivor, Ryan, are you a Survivor fan? You are on mute, or I can't hear you. Oh, nope, I forgot to turn it back on. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> we've had this conversation before. You've sung its praises. I know I know you and the wife uh, went through, and didn't you binge damn near the entire series? We did. Just about? I don't remember. Yeah. So you, so you, you're not into it. You're not I've, no interested. Okay. No, that's fair. Um, I will, well, I can, I can counter your survivor takes with uh, how do you feel about the current scandal going on in the Vanderpump rules world? Isn't that what Brooke Olsendam was referring to in the latest Blazers balcony? Doesn't Casey give Brooke time to talk about that? Isn't it like someone yes. cheated on yes. someone? It was like one of the Tom like, like, cheated on Ariana with Raquel and it is Raquel. I used to love Raquel. She was one of my favorite cast members on that show. And then come to find out that they were, he's been cheating on Ariana and that's the longest, most stable relationship on the show. Yeah, no, it's, it's a big thing, but yes, uh, we're, we're by the way, uh, team Ariana right here. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I mean, I feel the same way about survivor. Uh, we're so into it that we've watched all 43 seasons. We're on season 44. It's, if it's a good time to get into survivor, um, it's just a couple episodes and we're now watching Australian survivor. Thank you very much. And, and Ryan, I am working on my survivor audition tape. So if you or anyone listening has suggestions on what I should talk about in my three minute survivor audition tape, you can always email. We like the places at gmail.com. Um, also, by the way, this is great breaking news. Um, you can also ping us at like the blazers on Twitter because Ryan, after a long slumber, I noticed that the, we like the blazers Twitter account began sending tweets again. Who could that have been, Ryan? Because I said, I'm not using Twitter anymore. Elon Musk. But someone's there tweeting about Chauncey Billups. Is that you? Because it couldn't be me. Well, it's not me because uh, I accidentally hit logged out and I've been able to get back in. (laughs) So that was how that was how I found out that you apparently were fiending to get some blazer takes out there on Twitter is because I was like, I know he's not using his account. He deactivated (laughs) that. And then here you go. The telltale sign of the we like the blazers Twitter account retweeting one of my own tweets. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. So, you know, it's embarrassing and it's sad. I I am back on Twitter. However, there are boundaries, Ryan, and boundaries are good. And here they are. So I'm not putting it on my phone. That's rule number one. So it's desktop only, which frankly is good. Like it's been good to not use it at all. Most of Twitter, frankly, doesn't make me feel very good. So that's not going to lie. The user interface sucks now. It's a lot better on desktop, too. So. Very f- good. I, I wouldn't know, but very fair and, and glad I'm not using I'm using TweetDeck, right, which is what I always used on desktop at any rate. But then the second thing is uh, I'm only going to be using the Like the Blazers Twitter account. And I think this does a couple different things. One gets us banned by NERC. Uh, that had already happened. <laughs> uh, I'm sure that we're going to get blocked by if Chauncey Billups were on Twitter, which I don't think he is um, more on that in a second. Uh, I'm only using the, we like the blazers Twitter account, which is at like the blazers. So do follow that, do interact with it, do send us stuff. I'm going to see it. Ryan's going to figure out how to log in. He's going to see it. Um, 
And also it helps that it keeps my Twitter stuff strictly to Blazers because I thought about it. And that's why I like Twitter. I really enjoy the community. There are a lot of good people there. Some people who we've met in real life, people like you and I, for example, who we wouldn't even know each other. We wouldn't be friends. You wouldn't have gone to my wedding had we not met on Twitter, right? So um, those are my boundaries. Uh, Would like to stick to them. Uh, So follow at like the Blazers. Any more on the Twitter breaking news before we get into the meat of this leg of lamb that we're both going to chew into. <laughs> Not really. Only thing that I have is just, it's, it's an advice for anybody who, who struggles with anything that's going on on Twitter. I highly recommend lists. Don't yes. go with the, before totally you, the following or whatnot. I have a very curated Twitter experience and I can tell you that the amount of times that I, well, for one, I never click the for you tab. That thing can die. Uh, but the amount of time, like, I I maybe will click during live sporting events that are outside of Blazers basketball. I will click the following, you know, just to scroll through some of that. Other than that, 99% of my usage of that app is based on the lists that I have created where I can find. And you can say that, yeah, that just creates an echo chamber, yada, yada, yada. But it's, I find that's a much more enjoyable experience. Like I have one curated for news. I have one curated for politics. I have a weird obsession with, uh, with law Twitter. So I follow a lot of things that break down just random legal cases and it's attorneys bitching. It's fantastic, but you know, it's, it's depending on what I'm looking for. I can, I can find whatever. So I, I highly recommend the usage of lists. I definitely concur with that. It does. It makes it, it makes it much better. It does take time. I mean, I would recommend, you know, building a list in the way in which you just said, right. Based on your interests, you want to build a blazers one, like just focus on it for like a week and just start, you know, you click the three dots next to a user and you can do add to list and start adding people and adding people and adding people about, you know, a week or so. And then you'll find that, yeah, Twitter becomes much different. I totally agree with that. I think it helps quite a bit. So uh, at any rate, Ryan, perfect segue, perfect segue into what has been the topic du jour on Blazers Twitter. And even maybe at the very lower, more subtle level of NBA Twitter, because we're nearing the end of the season. The playoff picture is coming into view. We know which teams are tanking and which teams are not. And there actually has been more discussion about NBA coaching. For example, Nate Duncan and John Hollinger have a podcast, Hollinger and Duncan, uh, creative name, uh, almost as creative as we like Blazers. They are releasing their NBA coach rankings. They did part one, uh, one coach. Blazers coach Chauncey Billups did not appear on that ranking because part two is for the worst coaches in the league. Um, And I will stop editorializing there. (laughs) Chauncey Billups has been a topic on Blazers Twitter there. Now it's so funny too. I'm actually glad that we waited to record this because now there are multiple articles talking about it. Um, We talked about this before the pod. You do know where I stand. we've, We've talked about this all season. We've talked about this all season. We talked about it last season. We've been talking about it the whole time. Uh, But let me, let me, there's so much to say, but I want to hand it over to you. I'm trying to, I I can't tell if you're doing something on your end or you want me to keep talking or you want to talk. Are you telling me to shut up? Are you telling me to keep going? Hold on. I have to read a text. I think my offer on my house may have just been accepted. 
No way! Let's go! Breaking news! Da, 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 da. Okay, I'll be quiet. Does that just mean that they're accepting our offer? That's not what I think. Happened. I think their offer on the house just got accepted. <laughs> Let's go! Did they send you a text or something? Well, then, yeah, the realtor says they're excited. I'm sending it to them to sign. So does that mean they're canceling the other open house that they were going to have tomorrow? Can I knock five grand off of it then? Is that good? Well, okay then. Well, live breaking news on the pod. <laughs> live breaking news on the pod. I'm apparently one month away from now being a homeowner. So, yo, congratulations! That is so fucking cool. Wow, that's something else that's even more important uh, that we've been texting about a little bit on the side. Um, yes, I will wow. let you edit that however you want. You can leave that. Keep li- most of it in. You I'll can leave the... that live dramatic reading in. I think also, I think, um, I think Sonia is a little bit in there too. I think that picked the mic picked her up. So we're leaving that in. I'm probably going to edit out the silence, but congratulations, Mr. Homeowner. So you're going to start having Blazers watch parties. Yes. You're going to invite 50 people over. Yeah. You have Seth and his trivia coming over. The living room is big enough. And actually in this house, there was a very weird room upstairs that used to be the laundry room that they converted into just like this big old closet that we would have no use for it's uh, a big but, sex dungeon. Uh, uh, it's not big enough to be a sex dungeon. No, but it is big enough to <laughs> hold this desk and for me to mount a TV screen and surround it with, uh, my, uh, soundproof panel. So I will have my own yes. tiny man cave, man cave podcasting area. But anyways, yes. so let's Congratulations! That, that is really, long. that is amazing. I'm really super happy for you. <laughs> Oh, yes. It's been a long stretch. Maybe we're, we're less likely to kill each other now because, my Lord, this has been a stressful process. Uh, also, <laughs> I uh, will uh, be setting up, I will be sending my Venmo. So anybody who wants to just, I need money now. <laughs> <laughs> Help Aren't me. I'm you poor. supposed to be the one with the money. <laughs> I am the uh, one with the money, but I'm going to have significantly less of it with a mortgage payment. I, I refuse to do the math on uh, how much more that's going to be than the rent I currently pay. Yes, but at least you're building equity and you're working towards something that actually belongs to you, unlike me, the perpetual renter. And we're probably going to be renting for the next couple of years, but I'm happy for you. That's amazing. Congratulations. That's dope. I, uh, later, I want to I wanna see it. Uh, send me that address. But now, okay, that is, so with that unequivocally good news, let us now pivot to what we were just talking about. Blazer's Twitter is on fire, Ryan. Everybody's getting their coach of the year. Give them the hardware. (laughs) Everyone's getting their hot takes off. Everyone's getting their articles out. Everyone's asking their questions. We have some people who are defending Billups. We have some people who are criticizing Billups. We have some people who are asking questions that are critical of Billups, but getting answers that are supportive of Billups and writing articles that are a mixture of both. Um, There's so much to talk about, but Ryan, let me just tee this up with you. Um, What is your opinion uh, let me let me figure out a good way to frame this question because I want to honor what you said in the text. The the Blazers have have very significantly underperformed what we hoped they might be for this year. Let's maybe put yes. it that way. Mm-hmm. What is your opinion? Where did it all go wrong? Who is to blame? The fun thing of of sports fandom is that. We will bring out the tiki torches and direct them 
at anybody that we see fit when we see fit. And I think one thing that I, I've tried to do during this season, cause I've, I've long said that I don't necessarily, I, I, I try not to count last season against Phillips. I, I I'll take that as an anomaly, whatever. Um, and I was a very staunch supporter of him for most of this season. I would look at, okay, what did the organization expect their opening, you know, eight, eight man roster to be, you know, how did injuries impact that uh, all this stuff. But now post all-star break is when like, I do I'm, I'm, I've turned. I don't think I'm not on the fire him part, but I, mm. I ran out of runway to be able to defend him on a lot of stuff. And the things <clears throat> for me now are that when it became extremely apparent where the season was going, why are players such as sharp, not getting as much runway? Why, why are, um, why is Nas still playing, you know, the, the limited minutes, if, if you're going to kind of concede that, you know, it's, it's now a lost season, there's not a big playoff push, which I think the organization is very well telegraphed. You know, why, why are these, why are we still running starters so many minutes? Why are we not getting younger guys more playing time? I do understand at some point, you know, there is a little bit of a test drive period with players such as Cam Reddish, uh, your twin Ryan Archidiakono, uh, you know, that whatever with that. Congratulations stuff, on pronouncing his name correctly. I'm proud of you. I've been practicing it all fucking day in preparation <laughs> for this pod. <laughs> Saying it into a mirror three million times. But uh but yeah. Did so, he appear so, the third time you said it? Like the third time it just like this weird preppy looking white dude appeared in your bathroom with you? Well, no, but you know that thank you card you sent me from your wedding? I have that taped right to my mirror, so I just spoke directly at that. So it's basically <laughs> like I was talking to him. No. <laughs> but but anyway, so so like that that's where a big criticism comes of me. Uh also, like for me, when I'm looking at this, I'm trying to look at it in in the lens of how we've spoken before that, um, you know, Joe Cronin has said that, you know, this season was, they want, they wanted to figure out what, what they had, what was there. Um, you know, that he said himself that we don't have a championship caliber team. Uh, we're hoping to, to build towards that. Um, so I just try to kind of take it all in context, but for me, I, I don't think, well, I do think that Billups is currently right now deserving of some blame. If I had to lay it out and outline it, I'd say I'd probably give Billups 40% of the blame. I'd give the organization as a whole, that's including Cronin, Jody Allen, and all that, about 40% of the blame. And I'm probably laying about 20% of the blame at the player's feet. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. So, so okay. <clears throat> so let me let me just try to summarize what you just said, um, which you did at the end right there. Basically the reason why the Blazers are not doing as well as some people expected is mostly more than 50%, not because of coach Billups. Therefore you don't believe he should be fired. Is that fair? I, I don't believe he should be fired only in the sense of that. You who it's kind of the, uh, the grass is always greener thing who would is out there is close to being out there. Um, 
that you could hire that would be better than him. Like I've, I've heard a lot of people say Ime Odoku, if he wants to get back into coaching, maybe make a play for him. That could be very problematic. <laughs> it could. So was the hiring of the guy in which we're currently speaking about. So, you know, there, uh, the, the moral uh, taking that, that moral ambiguity out, out of all of this, just talking about coaching acumen or, or whatnot, you know, if you fire Billups, who are you getting? Cause I, I, in all of sports, I've always been, I've never been a proponent of just fire the guy and figure it out. I think you need to have a path and a plan forward. And I don't necessarily know of many people with the experience that it seems this organization needs at the helm that you could get that has more than what Billups has. The ironic part is probably the most qualified guy who'd be willing to take the job is the guy that's currently sitting on the bench whispering in his ear 80% of the games in Scott Brooks. But that seems more like a lateral move to me than, than it would be a forward move. Okay. So let me, let me ask you this as we're talking about it. And I, I don't disagree that an enormous part of why the Blazers haven't performed well this year. An enormous part has been the roster hasn't been that great. Even at the beginning of the year, you know, incomplete roster pieces didn't perfectly fit. Having said that, you know, Jeremy Grant is the best wing Dame has played with since Wesley Matthews. He's had a statistical drop off so far at the tail end of this season though. Yeah. But I mean, even with that, it's, he's still far and away the best yes, wing he's yes, played since Wes Matthews. And in addition to that, you have to keep in mind the Blazers at the top of their lineup have been mostly healthy. I ran a bit of an analysis on the top three players from teams who are at the, the top of each conference and the bottom of each conference. And the Blazers were firmly, firmly more healthy than those teams. So it's not like, Oh darn, they haven't had Dane. They haven't had Ant. They haven't had Jeremy Grant. They've missed some time, but guess what? That's every team in the NBA and the Blazers have had above average health at the top of their lineup. Okay. So I, I, I concede that here's what I want to ask you though. What about coach Billups? Has he demonstrated to you as a fan or as you know, an NBA Blazers analyst, what has coach Billups demonstrated to you that gives you hope that a team with better players would perform significantly better. I, I like the fact that he's what, something promising that I've seen from him is, is the style of ball that he seems to want to try to get this team to play or wanted to, I should say earlier in the year was a lot more conducive to successful playoff basketball where, you know, you, you saw that in the beginning, like Dame's pick and roll numbers and percentages were at like career lows for like the first, you know, a third of the season or whatnot until that started coming at the expense of wins. And he was, he was willing then to look at that pivot, start increasing his pick and roll numbers, his pick and roll percentages, at which point we started kind of seeing a little more of Dame's scoring explosion. So I, I appreciate the fact that he, he looked at how this Blazers roster operated under t- uh, stats and seeing that it was very kind of isolation heavy one man kind of, you know, dominant or whatnot, tried to get a change in there. Notice then that it wasn't necessarily working out exactly how he thought it would. And is was then trying to figure out a mix of what to do after that. 
You good on your end? Yes. Okay. Uh, sorry, I I didn't know whether or not you were done with your point, and I admit I was reading. Um, <laughs> You're fine. So he, he's shown a willingness to kind of uh, try to you know uh, pivot, coordinate, try to try to put this team in an in an optimal spot. I I think that is is very good. You find a lot of hard asses, a lot of red asses in the NBA that are like, it's my way or the highway. We're doing it in my system. Okay, that doesn't work. Give me guys that you know, better suit my system, whatever. Um, yeah, that's true. I, I mean, to, I, yeah, you know, and, and, and in that, I do think that there is the benefit too of him. And I think this is a bigger trend in today's NBA of coaches that were former players that are, right. it's a lot easier for those guys to get the ear of, of players and get them to pay attention. So, I mean, just top two things off, off my head is that, yeah, those. So, okay. That's fair. And and also to be fair, you know, one of my criticisms of Billups early on is that he wasn't adapting. He wasn't flexing. He wasn't trying new stuff. And he has, you know, I mean, I would, I would argue though, and tell me if you agree or disagree, the most notable change that Billups has made as a coach, the most impactful and effective change he made was to go away from whatever offense he was trying to implement uh, and now mostly doing Dame stuff, pick and rolls, ISOs with Dame, just stuff that Dame is good at and knows how to do. Billups has sort of acquiesced and said, geez, I guess when my best player's in, he's going to play the way he's played his entire career. What we, tr- we criticized Terry Stotts for, to me, I think that has been Billups's most impactful and effective adaptation. And I would say, so first of all, do you agree or disagree with that or mildly agree? No, I agree. I, I think right off the bat, when he jumped, when he jumped into this, there was, there was very much a trying to reinvent the wheel kind of thing right. and try and trying to very much go away from this stop style offense until he realized that, you, you know, what, one of the things is that you kind of got to play to the strengths of your best player. And Damian Lillard is obviously the best player on this team. Uh, second only to justice Winslow. Um, right. Who's injured, who's injury just absolutely cratered the season. So, but (laughs) MVP candidate, justice Winslow, right? Like, I mean, look, I, and again, like I get that some of this is the roster is thin. Yes, totally true. Uh, But here, here's what I want to say about that piece specifically though. The, The adaptation, the change that Chauncey Billups made was not particularly creative, not particularly difficult to figure this, go back to doing what you were doing before. Okay, but you know, I will give him credit for you know letting go. You let go of your ego a little bit, right? And you say, okay, the thing I was trying didn't work. Here's another thing, and I, I I will fully admit, Ryan, and you can tell, like I'm being a little disingenuous with how I'm approaching these questions because I'm mm-hmm. clearly very biased, and so yes. my bias is showing, right? Um, but here's what I find maybe most distressing about Chauncey Billups so far aside from the fact that the team literally just appears to lose motivation and just fucking quit, which is not great. That's not great. Maybe you can say that players. And it also makes no sense. And that I will say right now, like if that's happening in game, game. the that is not on the coach. Like that is literally that is on the guys that are, on the court and on the bench. I've, like, okay, I've, did, did we I've see heard. that happening in previous iterations of the Blazers? 
a lot. Is that something, did we like, did we catch ourselves saying often, boy, they just sort of gave up. Is that, is that something that we've said a lot in the past? Cause I don't uh, think it is me and I you don't personally. Think no, but it's, it's something like I, I won't deny that it is something that I have seen, but you know, we saw, I think we saw it most adamantly in Stotts's last year, but uh, yes, again, that, and this is where Which, like the 20, the 20% blame that I put on the players comes in is like, I've said this numerous times. There is a give a fucktitude. I have a little more to touch on with, the 20% of the players later on, but I don't, I don't think that like in the middle of a game, you know, you come out of halftime, you try to have a, you know, at this point in time, a recouping third quarter, it doesn't go the way you immediately wanted to. You give up a bit of the run. I don't think it's on the coach. If the guys on the floor are hanging their heads and going though, well, fuck, well, okay, that's not going to work. But part of your job as a coach is a motivator, right? That was part of what Chauncey Blobs was supposed to bring as someone who had been there before, has a lot of respect from players. If your message isn't resonating with players, then you're not doing your job as a coach. I'm not saying that's all the coach's fault, but it's at least partially, and to your point about Terry Stotts, part of why Terry Stotts, it was time for him to go. The message had gotten stale, right? Like it wasn't mm-hmm. resonating anymore. And Terry Stotts definitely was not known for his adaptation <laughs> and his willingness to be flexible. The message had grown stale and people were tuning him out. I would argue that happened with Billups immediately when he got in last year with multiple veterans who seemed to just sort of sag and quit. I would argue that you're kind of seeing it now. It's bubbling up with, with Nurkic doesn't seem to be, I mean, Nurkic's credit says the right things in the media doesn't seem to be driving super well. Even noted Billups defender, Danny Morang admits that Nurkic and Billups are not hundred percent on the same page. I'm sorry. I'm half kidding about that. I was going to say, please don't tell me you're sincerely jumping on that. I, I, you know, let me, let me have my fun here, but like, the, the point being that, like, if the team is blowing how many double-digit leads this year, 17. League-leading 17. Don't tell me that's not partially the coach. Partially because the message isn't resonating and partially because the coach isn't adapting in-game. Damian Lillard said it himself. We're not making adjustments. He Jason Quick clarified with him that, oh, Dan yeah, was just talking about the players. Sad. Complete bullshit. Damian Lillard is good at PR. It's all on the players to make the adjustments. That's partially the coach. Okay. We can just, let's just say this partially. Okay. Not all partially. Correct. And that wasn't even my point. Uh, go for well, it. Re- real quick bef- before you get to what your point was on that. So like the things that I see with that in, in terms of like in-game adjustments, it's stuff where it's like, Hey, they weren't forcing this guy to his weak hand. They come out of halftime, you know, or they, to the to this weak side. They weren't forcing them baseline, you know. They weren't doing little things like that. They come out of timeouts. Now they're forcing them baseline, but they're not taking away a strong hand. They're forcing him towards a strong hand. They're not showing towards the baseline. It's those little things where it's like the idea is there and the execution sucks. And that is now absolutely go for it. The, now the immediate fixing of that does not happen. Chauncey lets that go on way too long and it ends up digging them into a massively big hole nine times out of 10 that's on the coach. But if the players aren't executing fully what the coach says, that's partially on the coach. 
partially. No, I, Again, if your message, it doesn't matter what you say if it doesn't connect. Should coaches be paid $50 million a year and players be paid five then? Fancy Billups is being paid $2 million a year as a new coach. I get what, your, get what your point is. Is it not partially the job of the coach of any leader? Look, let me, let me ask this. I don't know your work that well, but you're a leader in your work. I'm going to make a statement. No bullshit question here. It doesn't matter what you want people to do if the way in which you either direct them to do it, tell them to do it, ask them to do it, whatever. If people don't then do it, yes, that could be their issue. It could be when two guys don't do it. It could be their issue. When those three women aren't doing it, it could be their issue. At some point, it partially becomes why like you're being it's clear what we what needs to happen it keeps not happening with these people and those people and these people is that not partially on you at some point as a leader like and as as a coach i'm what my argument is at least partially it doesn't matter if chauncey billups has the best ideas in the whole wide world if the players don't execute them if it's if it's not resonating if he's not calling timeouts if he's not reinforcing if he's not supporting and holding accountable all of the magic dust of like, here's the thing to do. And it happens. And in between, yes, it's up to the players. It is partially, partially up to the coach too. Right. So that's all yes. partially. And, and and we can debate how much. Yeah, it is, I, I, I agree. I agree. I, yeah. And, and so like, I, like I said, that that's where I'm at now. Like I was and. I know there's a significant portion of the fan base out there right now that is saying if we're, you know, even if the trailblazers were to make a swing and or not make a swing, pull off a miracle and somehow get Joel Embiid, which God bless this fan base once again for setting ourselves up God for the most ep- epic letdown and failure. Because if at this you point, truly time, believe that I have so much love for you. Any anything less than Joel Embiid leaving the Sixers and coming to the Blazers will be deemed as an absolute utter failure. But yeah, like I said, God, God bless him for getting us to that point. And it did. And we didn't even have to wait until the season was over. It's either, it's either Embiid, Wembenyana, or uh, you might as well just light the arena on fire. I don't know. But, but there's, there's a portion that says, even if like all those things were to happen, you get fucking both of those guys that Bill should not be the one to coach this team next year. I say he deserves a chance Two. Okay in the best case scenario of like you get a Joel Embiid or you get a, a Victor Wimbignana. If you, if draft lottery odds go in your favor, you, 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 you move some of your, these assets, whether you keep your own pick, if that's how it pans out, you trade the Knicks pick and Simons and, and, or freaking sharp or whatever you build this dream team. I think Chauncey deserves the chance to try it, but he's got the world's shortest fucking leash. Like I'm, I'm talking like season starts in fricking October. If by mid December, you're, you're not sitting there looking at like, a, a an 18 and three or, or 20 and four record. He's got to go. I think I, I wasn't even quite to this point of the discussion yet, but I just to splice it in there. Now, if this were, you know, the summer of, 2015, right? And Damian Lillard is, uh, you know, 25 years old and the team blows it up and it's a new coach 
and he doesn't look good the first year and they were super injured and they tank. And then he, then he doesn't look good the second year, even though the top of their lineup has been healthier on average than most teams. And, and you know, then, you know, well, he's new and that's okay. The problem with this is that Damian Lillard. Well, has if, now, if this were this, this were the summer of 15, uh, Paul Allen would still be alive and he would have fired Billups by now. And O'Shea I mean, probably would have been out a lot sooner. Well, it, be that as it may, that, at this point, like Damian Lillard has proven he's not just back. He's playing the best basketball he ever has. He's playing first team, all NBA level basketball. If Dame Stark doesn't make first team, all team. NBA, oh, he's the, getting only, second team. the only reason why he's not is because the Blazers suck. That is the only reason why if the Blazers were even a marginal playoff team, Dame would be first team all NBA lock. He's third in the NBA in scoring most efficient season of his career, getting to the basket. Like the problem is Dame's 32 years old. That's the problem. So you don't have time. And in my view, again, I have one more point to make, but I've, since you brought it up, basically kind of the end game of this, <laughs> my point is that Chauncey Billups had last year with a broken team to show us that there's something in this pile of shit that we can polish into a shiny turd and trick ourselves into thinking it's cool. Didn't happen. Beginning of this year, there was that brief shining moment of, whoa, what's going on here? 10 and four. Like, you know, they're winning close games. Like, like they, they can't, they can't sustain this, but they're looking, they're looking dangerous, you know, huffing face emoji, you know, mm. dangerous. Right. And then it mm. all falls apart because Chauncey Billups can't seem to adapt to the fact that other teams have adapted to what he's doing. Okay, fine. My argument is that there's not enough to, to demonstrate that he's deserving. There's nothing in here that says, take that and extrapolate it. And you got something good. Nothing. Like, I, I think it's fine and all well and good. And we're going to take a break in just one second. And we're going to go back to another point I had to make, but um, I, I don't know. So I'm probably going to repeat yeah, this bullshit again. Let's take a break, Ryan. Oh, well, what about that? Hold on. I was, I was going to say, can I caveat this real quick? If, yes. if uh, old Shea didn't give him a five-year deal, if it was like a three and one, He's done. It's four years though. Four years. Team no, option on the fifth. Correct. Team option on the fifth. But I'm saying if instead of uh, uh, four years and then a team option on the fifth, if it's this was two million th- a year, if, they just got that, thirty million dollars in revenue money from the rest of the league. Come on, correct. Jody. Uh, Jody oh, well, here's here's <laughs> here's the thing, real quick. If it was three years and a team option on the fourth, he'd be gone. I I I I. I bet my daughter's life on that over there. And she can't even hear me because she's playing her video game. (laughs) (laughs) She turns around anyways. um, But also, yeah, she got that money. Uh, Guess what? She doesn't get to touch that money. All that money is uh, held in Alan's trust. The only money that Jody will see a, see a dime of outside of what was set up in his trust and his will uh, for her to be the executive or Executor, yeah, yes, uh, of the conservative, whatever. The only money that she will actually see on her own will be the money that the sale. that they make from the TV. De- no, not the sale. Sale goes oh. charity. She oh. only gets TV, TV deal. deal money. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. So that's well. part of the reason of why she's held out. Anyways, we'll take a quick break, and uh, here's a word from our sponsors. Shit, we don't have sponsors. Oh well. Are you finding yourself peeing every 10 minutes? You should try. No, I'm going to get another drink. I'll be right back. (laughs) All right.
And we are back. I was not done, Ryan. I was not done. I had one more thing to say. I realize now my window is open. Should I be this loud? Uh, probably not. Let me just go ahead and close that. Uh, but while you close your window, uh, thank you to uh, Keeps and uh, BetterHelp and uh, every other, I don't know, what, what are the other major ones that are Roman. on every platform ever? Oh, Roman, yes, Babel, Babel too. Thank you for- Neutral uh, Vodka Seltzers, the one with the umlaut. Good job, No Dunks, get me on that. No, I- Athletic I Greens, you know, gotta yeah, drink the greens. Uh-huh. So uh, here's my last point, you know, for consideration. Again, I wanna be clear. I am self-aware enough to know that when I'm asking questions that I have an agenda, which I'll, you know, I've already been, you know, I, I think Billups needs to be fired. Big surprise. But like, here's the last thing I'm going to say. I stumbled upon a really interesting and insightful post on Reddit, which I know may sound like a bit of an oxymoron to have something insightful and thoughtful on Reddit. But sure yeah, enough, better uh, than Twitter. Uh, shout out to Piano9717, who two oh, weeks ago... too many numbers. I know. Two it's weeks ago on, on the Rip City Reddit, which if you want to view that, it's like a, basically a message board. It, that's how Reddit works, right? It's split into these sections of message boards. Reddit.com slash r slash Rip City. It was a statistical analysis of Chauncey Billups' lineups and how they perform defensively. And I have two points to make, and I want your reaction. The first I put in the chat, and I also tweeted it from our Twitter account at like the Blazers on Twitter. It is a not so fun fact that the Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, Norm Powell, Robert Covington, Yusuf Nurkic lineup under Terry Stotts had a 104.8 defensive rating, which is, you know, pretty good. Actually, it was a 73rd percentile, which means better than 73% of teams. So that specific lineup performed well defensively under Terry Stotts, under coach Billups, the exact same lineup, 116.5, pushing them to the 13.9th percentile, better than only 13% of lineups. Very, very, very bad That's point number one. Point number two, perhaps even more damning, is we all know Ennis Cantor or Ennis Freedom is not a good defender. His own coach made fun of him for not being good at defense. Uh, That lineups that had Ennis Cantor in them performed better defensively by a significant margin than the Blazers starters have under coach Billups, Ryan coach Billups was supposed to be, if absolutely nothing else, a coach that emphasized defense. Why therefore is Billups performing both worse with the same players as Terry Stotts and worse with his best players than Terry Stotts did with Ennis fucking Cantor. I defy you to answer this question without ending it with fire Billups, because that's where I land on it. The thing for me, and I touched on this earlier, I said, I'd get back to this point is that I, I see with Billups and a lot of his, what he's kind of instituted on, on defense. I, I see the thought and I see the plan there and it falls back to me where this some, a lot of this does fall on the players in it's 
poor execution of it. If you're trying to force uh, a a left-hand dominant player to his left in a good defensive scheme, that that's on you as the player. And the most that the coach can do at that point is point it out, you know, in game, Hey, knock that off. You need to drag him or you need to force him right. You need to force him right. You need to do this. It, and to a certain extent, like he can't just uh, bring, bring out the hook and bench everybody. So I, I see the principles and I see the philosophies there. Why it is so bad. I do not necessarily have a reason outside of the fact that Chauncey Billups was a very good defensive guard and there was a bit of salesmanship on exactly what he could do to this defense when he was brought in by Olshay. And And I, I, I think that like, if, if, if he wasn't sold as that we're bringing Billups in, he's going to fix the defense. Just look at his playing resume. You know, he's a good defender. He knows, he knows the game. He knows how to understand it. If we were, if we weren't sold that bill of goods as a fan base, I don't think maybe we would have had the same super high expectations for what he could do to this defense when he was brought in at the same point in time, nothing will ever overcome the fact that you have Damian Lillard and Anthony Simons as two giant defensive sieves and liabilities. And it is a balance that Stotts was able to masterfully pull off to some degree in right. getting those teams to, to play to a certain defensive level. Um, I, so no. I want to twist your argument in a very unfair way. That's, because That's what we're here to do. <laughs> What I hear you saying is Billups, first of all, has limited defensive players. And second of all, wants to institute a system that the players simply are not executing. And because I believe in the vision of what he wants to do, but for the fact that he has the wrong players, he would be accomplishing it and the Blazers would be better. Therefore, give him a chance. Let's give him some more time. And yes, but Stotts was fired for the same reason. I think the the thing for me that is impossible to escape is mm-hmm. that the coach of the job is to coach the players in front of you, as is the coach. The job of a leader is to lead the people in front of you. The job of the supervisor is to supervise the people in front of you. And yes, in those jobs, there is a little bit of room for hiring, firing, you know, reclassifying. So you can, you can kind of mix the people up, but, Mm -hmm. but ultimately from day to day, your job is the leader as the coach, as the name, your thing, um, who leads people is to lead people in front of you. And the record has shown statistically in the data, factually that Chauncey Billups teams perform worse than Terry Stott's teams, including with the exact same players. So I, I like, there is still part of me. I mean, if you go back and listen to episodes that we recorded at the beginning of the season and I was starting to warm up on Billups, right? There's part of me that still, I, I understand like if the Blazers this off season, if you trade Anthony Simons for, I think something was just floated, you know, um, basically Simons for OG Ananobi and Precious Achua. 
And so now maybe you take a, a minor step down in, in raw talent, but you have a much better fit, right? And so now you have Dame and two bigger wings who are your one, two, and three. And then maybe with that, that the, the system that builds something like maybe, 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 maybe. I guess my problem is we just don't really have a lot of time with Damian Lillard and we don't have time for, you know, coach Billups to cycle through two, three, four different, you know, types of players who may or may not work for his system, which we have no evidence of actually working yet. That's, that's my point. So I don't know. Totally fair. Totally fair. And, 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 and along those lines is why I say that, you know, if, you know, even if they hit nothing but home runs in the off season and it's not off to a stellar start next year, he needs the ax. Yeah. Yeah. Because that, because, because then without a doubt, without question. And again, I know everybody has their own opinions. We obviously have our own, you know, they, they differ in some degree, but then without a doubt, you, you know, it's coaching. And yeah, I, and I, I'm very much, you know, the, the, the scientist lingo of like, you can't conduct an experiment and chain and keep changing multiple variables at the same time to try to diagnose it. So very true. I think that's, that's kind of where I stand with it. And, and, and again, so like, I guess, like, I know that we're kind of, we're this conversation and this discussion, we're both exhausted. (laughs) Like he's he's the coach for now. No, (laughs) He's, you know, he's the coach for now. He's not going to get fired right this second and nothing that we can do or say will change that. And I guess my closing thesis, and I think I, you know, I appreciate yours. Um, my closing thesis is if someone can articulate what is it that coach Billups brings in the affirmative, something he does well, that you could see blossoming, you know, taking root and really helping and elevating a team to a high level, you know, that would give me more hope. I just don't see what that thing is. I don't Mm -hmm. see what that thing is. So, um, I've been wrong a lot. I'm going to be wrong again. I, I think I'd prefer for Damian Lillard and for the Blazers that if coach Phillips is not fired, I hope that I'm wrong and we will have to find out. Um, so where else do you uh, want to go with this? Yeah. Well, we, we kind of alluded to it a little bit and, and I just wanted to, to get a little more in depth, uh, y- your view on it. This the, uh, the Jason quick article that, that came out. I know <laughs> you are, are Jason <laughs> quicks number, number one fan, zero complaints that you've ever had about him. Uh, I have such so, a hot take. So continue. <laughs> so, the, so the one thing, that I guess I was kind of happy to see about in this article because, you know, we've went back and forth on, on that is, is uh quick carrying water for the organization, for the, you know, for the coach, for the GM, yada, yada, yada. I appreciate when he puts out things like this that are very quote heavy because those aren't necessarily things that you can, in this case, twist around to fit your narrative. So when I mean, I there, are I some, there, well, there are some truly out there statements. Like I appreciate when it says that I'm going to run through the wall or run through a wall for this guy. 
But uh, when it says that I can't imagine a better coach for this team as, <laughs> as, a quote as well, like I'm oh kind of like, God. I mean, I could, I, I, like, I'd love to see this. I'd love to see this team with like Thibodeau. That'd That's some great. limited imagination. If you cannot imagine yeah. like of all the current, like even just, I don't even need like perspective coaches you know, down the line, but like ghost came out of the ground. You're like, no, just, that's all right. Just give me nothing but current NBA head coaches that you could plug in to coach this team. I come up with five right off the top of my head that I'd like over him. And if any one of them popped up, happened to pop up on the market this off season by a miracle of freaking God, I'd take him in a heartbeat, but so uh, just uh, I think some of well, okay, we'll end on that one when when we get there. But just as you read through this piece, what what were the things that jumped out to you? I think what jumped out to me first of all, and this is my hot take, is I want to congratulate and give credit to Jason Quick because the questions that he asked were not particularly comfortable questions. It's clear that in his reporting that he talked not only to a handful of players inside source within the Blazers and the coach, and he was directly questioning how well the coach had done. And that's not something that we've seen a local reporter do yet. I think this is the first time I've seen it. Tell me if I'm wrong. We're essentially a reporter going, so do you think the coach sucks? I mean, he didn't quite say it like that. Right. But the yeah. questions were, should your, it's basically, should your coach be fired? Which by the right. way, also led to the best quote of the entire fucking article where Grant, Jeremy Grant just says, I think those people are stupid. That legit made right. me laugh out loud. And like, so yes. <laughs> and so I do want to, first of all, say to Jason quick, that this was a good piece of reporting and um, it's useful. It adds to the conversation. And I think he did a good job. So that's my hot take. Um, the second thing I'll say is that even in the player's defense of Chauncey Billups, you get some pretty worrying comments. If I might say so myself, I agree. I agree. So, even in the quotes that you have from players defending Chauncey Billups, you have Anthony Simons saying, uh, where did this go? Why did I miss it? I lost it now. I just, where did I, I put it. Oh, I put it in the text to you. So hold on. As I stall for times, I don't have the athletic article up and God knows, I know they got sold to the New York times and I don't know if I can pull it up right now. I got it on my phone. Um, you have Anthony Simons saying, uh, his only weakness, if you want to say he has a weakness, is experience as a coach. Ouch. And then you have Jeremy Grant saying, as much as Jeremy Grant said people are stupid for criticizing him, Jeremy Grant saying Billups is figuring it, figuring it out. I think he has great potential as a coach. Yes. That is what we in the business like to call damning with faint praise, but then it was also accompanied by praise. So it's like mm. damning with faint praise, but then also praise. And therefore the result kind of feels like praise. So I, I guess, Ryan, what I'm trying to tell you is like, I, my, you said it was hard to misinterpret, right? You said it's hard mm -hmm. to bend to a narrative because they're direct quotes. I actually disagree. I think this is very easy to bend to my narrative, which is the players are, the players are saying it. They're saying the quiet part out loud that he doesn't know what he's doing. Like, I mean, Jesus. So, in, in that regards, then how do you reconcile it against then Damian Lillard's quote 
further down the article where he, he says, quote, a lot of things go into a team struggling. And I've never been a fan, even going back to Terry of blaming the coach. I think there are a lot of things on the court that you can see in film that us players have to be better about last two years who have been really young. And I think it's hard for a first time coach to have a young team where you have to do so much teaching. Yeah, that's the praise part, right? But then even in that, it's like, I also, it's curious to me, it's hard for a new coach to have a young team. Ryan, what are the NBA head... I do appreciate Dame throwing this in there real quick. We made the playoffs for eight years and they were saying the same damn thing about Terry. I I mean, look, I I appreciate Damian Lillard is going to go to bat for who is coaching the team. I think that's a good quality to have. I think it's a good quality for the players to have. I, I like that. I wouldn't expect them, even if they really didn't like Billups, for them to say anything sideways about him. That would be pretty unprecedented. You just don't see that very much. So I don't blame them for that. But like, even in what Dame said, Ryan, what types of NBA jobs do first-time coaches generally get? What do you mean? What, what types like, of teams do new coaches generally coach? Yeah, you have like rebuilding. a brand new coach. What kind of team are they coaching? Well, rebuilding teams. Rebuilding teams, which means what young players, which so like this Damian learns, like it's tough for a new coach to teach to coach young teams. That's what new coaches do most of the time. Well, bro. well like, I, I, I think it's, it, but so seeing as that the organization is there, well, like, no, but seeing as that the organization has never been in a full rebuild and they've been in this position, this teeter totter of where they're like, we still have Dame. We're going to get players like Jeremy Grant. We, we have, we have these NBA veterans. It's so he didn't get handed like a blank slate of, Hey, here's a bunch of young clay go molded. It. It's like, Hey, here's this, you know, block of cement that's half cured, but we need you to like design it this way, please. And then Billups started putting salt on it like the day after it had dried, which you're not supposed to do, as we both know, for at least a couple of weeks, if not longer. But like so but look, I guess what I'm trying to say is like my takeaway from the article was that the players are not going to throw their coach under the bus. Well, no shit. Like it would it would absolutely shock me if that had happened. And I think that if you're someone like me who's pessimistic on Billups, who wants him to be replaced that what you look for in this article are those times when the Anthony Simons is and the Jeremy Grants, the Damian Lillard's say something which rings very, very true, which is like, this dude is a new coach. Therefore he's not very good at it. And I, I just, I, that's not great, man. It's not like the, the one thing though, that I, so like in, in all the, the possible spin on this is that, you know, God bless him on the complete opposite side of the country after we traded him away. But Josh, Josh Hart, Hart <laughs> turned around and quote tweeting this and said, and I'll run through a wall for Chauncey. He's a hell of a coach and we'll keep getting better. So like, and that's one of those things for me where it's like, and he'll and, keep and you getting better because he's well, not no, very and, good. But but you alluded to it too. Like no shit. The players currently playing for the guy aren't going to throw him under the bus. They don't want right. to run extra lines. They don't want to lose playing time. But here's a guy who Chauncey has no influence on whatsoever yes. anymore on the opposite side of the country. That's I don't that, think they're lying. Right. 
No, I, no, but clear, that like, has I, come to his defense. So, and, yeah, and God I, bless Josh Hart. He's come to the organization's defense, even way back to the Gary Payton, the second, like, unless they bought him the best penthouse when he moved out there, he's got no reason to freaking chime into this. So, right. I, so here's where I'll say somewhere that I was really wrong, which I am glad to be. Um, I tweeted out from our account, Ryan at like the blazers on Twitter. When I break my way back in, when I break my way back in there, I'm changing the name of it to Brandon Goldner. No, come on. I have to keep up appearances. Um, But no, I, um, uh, I said, lost my train of thought. Oh, I got it. I said something like when Jeremy Grant doesn't re-sign in Portland over the summer, it will be Chauncey Billups's fault because of basically how much he's let go of the rope on this thing. What this article did tell me, uh, Jeremy Grant was the most vociferous in defense of Billups um, with Dame coming in a close second. Uh, I mean, Jeremy Grant is the one who... there. (laughs) Right, right, which, you know, but Jeremy Grant was the one, you know, that was what Josh Hart was responding to because Grant in the article said I'd run through a wall for him, right? So Josh Hart saying that on Twitter was because he read what Jeremy Grant said. That if that's how Jeremy Grant feels about Coach Billups, that's good because we really need him to stay. Um, so that's good. I don't think they're lying. I think they like Chauncey Billups as a coach. And I really, here's what I really think. I really, really think they want him to succeed. I think they very, really super duper want Chauncey Billups to be a success. And that's good. You know, mm-hmm. the, the that is actually they important. Should, they should play like that though. And they should thank you because they don't. That's the thing. It's so fucking weird, man. Is that they don't play like that. They're not they, playing they like buy the, into his system. They believe in him. They, they got his back. They're going to run through a wall for him, but God through bless a wall for but, him on the but, court. but God bless themselves. Will they ever make a proper defensive read for him? I, I actually look, I mean, this is very like, we're doing like a talk radio thing. Like it, but that's, it's true. Like I, I do think, if you are this concerned that a senior reporter for the athletic is asking the organization, the coach and the players about the coach's performance, you should maybe play like his job is on the line. If you care about him, which they do. So it, I, I like, <clears throat> I'm not saying that they're going to play better the next couple games, but if they do, it actually wouldn't shock me if it's like, whoa, like this is not just like a Twitter conversation anymore. It's now being written about in the athletic and also shout out to our friend, Eric Griffith with Willamette week. Uh, he just, re- he, he, he dropped a story right before we recorded. I don't know if you probably haven't seen it. Cause it was like literally an hour before we recorded. I read Eric it right essentially before. said, what's that? I said, I read it uh, right before. Yeah. Oh, did you really, what was your takeaway from it? Or you, I can finish, but, or you can go ahead and finish your, well, I mean, you can tell me if you disagree. Eric's thesis was in response to people talking about the coaching, but basically coaching is the least of their worries right now. That's basically what he said. It's not great, but it's not the most important part, which I think is kind of where you land, right? It's mostly either the roster or the players. And yeah. so and I respect Eric a lot. I mean, he's one of my favorite people and also just a good human being. Um, so yeah, what was your? Did you have a take on that article? No, from no. I mean, I mean, you you look at this roster and and and, and it's a malfeasance that they've you know there's there when Nurk was out there was nobody taller than six nine. Like get more tall people. 
Um, and no, it's not as easy as, Hey, Nerland's Noel is on the buyout market. We just need to go get Nerland's Noel. I understand that he signed like, you know, 10 days, whatever. Maybe he just didn't want to play in Portland. It's, it's, it's still a player's decision, but you know, it's a malfeasance of the roster for, for how it was constructed, how, you know, how it went about. It's like, I'm, I'm very interested. Like, I really hope that they keep Matisse Thibel. Like I, he is the, for this lineup, he would be the perfect three. Uh, if, if I had my perfect, uh, I could, uh, rub a magic lamp, uh, get a genie in a bottle and, and, and go and, and redo this roster for the start of next year with players that I know that have played here. Uh, I'd have a starting lineup of, of Dame, Josh Hart, Matisse Thibel, Jeremy Grant, and, you know, I'd even keep Nurkic around for that. I think that would be a hell of a scary lineup, but that's, that's not what we're given. So it, it's <laughs> Billups, no, it is not. Billups, the Billups can only coach the, in this case for this roster this year, Billups can only coach the height that he is given. He cannot tell them to be taller. And I no, will give I, Billups, I will give Billups credit. He has said numerous times they're just bigger than us. Right. But yes, and um, I, I will say because I feel like I've I've uh, shat on Chauncey Billups more than enough for one lifetime. Um, Matisse Tune in next week. Matisse Thibel. I mean, he. You know, it's a short sample size. I'm trying to get. It's what 14 games at this point. Uh, the dude is doing the Gary Payton, the second thing, except for doing it better. Right. Like, or at least, Mm -hmm. I mean, he did Gary Payton was, was no fun while he was in Portland, the short time he was here, but Matisse Thibel is shooting a career high 41% from deep on four attempts again, small sample size, but please shoot threes and you do, and they go in great. That one skill will make sure that you can get enough playing time to be an impact on defense, which is what we need him to be. So, and I will say like Billups at least figured out that uh, when Thibault shoots a three, he should do it from the corners. (laughs) Nowhere else. Again, this is not revolutionary stuff. Like, so I don't know. They didn't figure it out in Philly. They had him taking shots from everywhere else until he couldn't shoot anymore. That's true. I feel like we have gotten an episode's worth of discussion out of this. Um, what are tune you tune in next week? Tune in next week. What do you, how do you want to land this plane? Cause I feel like we could talk a lot about the lottery. You know, I think the Blazers should be tanking. They're currently in sick Beth lottery odds. Well, um, uh, the Mark Stein, the report came out today that, you know, or Mark Stein and uh, Chris Haynes, uh, you know, if the next five or six games, but the, you know, that lines up with what Damian Lillard had said a little bit ago of, you know, the next six or seven games. Uh, I find it funny that they're throwing the game could be shut down. The, well, there's 12 Evan games left. What do you mean? Five or six games? Yeah. I know. Just do it now not. then please. Like, yeah. Do you think the, James going for the scoring title? He said he wasn't. I kind of feel I like he, he is. I think he is. He's, he's close. He's, he's, he's like point six point. points away. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, so now it's, Joel Embiid is on a heater, so that's going to make it tough, but yeah, but same point in time, if Philly locks up playoff positioning and they sit Embiid, then you it know, locks in his average is the problem and, with that. Right. Well, true, but it gives but then like Dame, if Dame, if Dame so, were to play out the, the season. He, he could have a chance to eclipse it. The, the, the one wrinkle in it would be Luca because what the fuck are the Mavs doing? I can't tell if they're trying to win, trying to lose, trying to be, I don't know what it is. I I'm just calling. They got the Kyrie juju that that's what it is. They got the bad Kyrie juju. Yeah. But, uh, 
I oh, feel bad. That, I feel bad for no. Mavericks fans. I um, I feel like I should apologize for saying Juju. I think you're fine. Um, I <laughs> yeah. So. All right. So we have a lot to talk about next time we have, you know, tanking or not tanking. We have what the Blazers could do in free agency. We have obviously the NBA lottery, uh, but that's good for today, right? Anything else for today? Or are we good on this? Yeah. I got one more thing real quick. Okay. Yeah. Let me just type this in because while we're going to mention uh, tanking and lottery, let He's me going to fire chaunceybillips.com. No, no. Let me pull up Tankathon. Should I uh, take a spin on the lottery simulator? Take a spin. Let's, let's take a spin. Well, sad news bears. We dropped down two spots to number eight. Wah, wah. I will say right now, the people, I, I think that the NBA zeitgeist has still not quite adjusted to the fact that the lottery odds are flatter than they've been um, yeah, you know, when did for- Chad doing become the fucking Google of Blazers Twitter? It drives me nuts. The amount of times that he quote tweets somebody when they're like, what are the Blazers odds of getting a top four pick? Or what are the Blazers odds of getting the number one overall pick? I'm like, dear Lord, people open up the effing internet. You can look at it yourself. And while I don't know it off the top of my head, what I will say is if the Blazers remain in sixth, which seems pretty likely, although Orlando, I think won today, which is what they're like two and a half or three games uh, behind Orlando for the fifth best lottery odds. Portland's it's all very confusing, right? Cause yep. at any rate, the Blazers currently have a better chance of a top four pick than they do of staying at six. Now you'll come in and immediately say, but then the chance of getting six or seven is greater than top four. Yes, but stop spoiling my party. My point is the Blazers have a extremely legitimate chance at a very, very high lottery pick. If they win too many games, that will be taken away from them. The difference between sixth and 11th in the standings is almost negligible, but in the lottery odds is anything but. So my point is, I want Damian Lillard to score 40 and 45 a game. I want him to go for the scoring title if that's what he wants. I also want Dame to not get hurt, but I really also want the Blazers to get a high lottery pick. So, like, I am full tank it up. Like, you know, this is and, beyond and, coaching. Tank it. And, it's time to tank. And, and do not forget that if the Blazers do not make the playoffs, which they don't see how the fuck they will, and they keep they keep their pick. Uh, they will have their pick, which again right now sits at six, and the New York Knicks pick. That is two yep. first round picks, and New York currently sits uh, with twenty twenty third in draft order. But that which is, still is you two, know that's a pretty two, that's a it's middling. still two first round. It doesn't matter it, for most for most people. It's still two first round picks. Yes, and. Grade. There's been some speculation that could the Blazers get out of their Chicago pick obligations by offering Chicago. I, we have a pick for you right here from New York. Take this and give us our own pick back. Maybe or Chicago would. And, and with, five seconds that Brandon oh said are useless. <laughs> Here's 17 second round picks. And by the way, I mean, I know we're not an NBA show, but really just the devastating news about Lonzo Ball needing to have the third consecutive surgery on his knees, getting he's getting um, cartilage from a cadaver 
being surgically inserted into his knee. He's out for all of next year after already not playing all of this year. So Chicago is in a very strange spot, right? They mortgage the future to get Vucevic and Ball and Levine. And as it were, and DeRozan. So, I mean, as much as we are feeling not super great about the Blazers, at least they own most of their draft. At least they have Damian Lillard. At least they have Shaden Sharp. At least they have some assets. And, like, you can see them, you know, either performing better next year or if something weird happens, they could pivot. So, all to say, um, lots to talk about. Uh, I got nothing else. How are you feeling? That's all I got. Let's, okay. uh, let's, let's send it out. Let's. Uh, I don't think you've told anybody about our Twitter account. You should tell them where to follow us. Oh, I forgot to mention, Ryan, you can find us on Twitter at like the Blazers. Um, definitely haven't said that 13 times. You can find me on the Trailcasters Discord. You can find Ryan on Twitter at the Witty Ryan. You can also email us at we like the Blazers at Gmail. And you can find our show at we like the Blazers.com or on any podcatcher. Just search for it. But that's pretty much it for today. I appreciate you all. I'm Brandon. That's Ryan. Until next time, go Blazers. Go Blazers.